The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Today. I just had this realization that the next podcast you and I do is going to be from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of this? Has yeah. This no kidding. In? It's going to be part of our part of our adventure track day there at Audubon Country Club. I mean, that's going to be nuts. And and to be honest, I'm not sure how that podcast is going to go. I'm not either. I mean, that's just <laughs> kind worried. of worried. We'll figure it out as we go. I mean, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be a very different feel to do a podcast live. Uh, but uh, yeah, I hear you. Well, we'll have uh, a few things prepared in advance just in case. We need to involve you, sure. the audience, and ask for car debate suggestions. We may do that. We may debate some stuff live if you've got some stuff uh, right there that's on your minds about cars you're thinking about buying. Or we may just kind of do something completely different and off the cuff, so we're not exactly sure what it's going to turn out to be, but it'll Clearly, be different. we know exactly how it's going to go, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All we right. figured this out. Can't you tell? Yeah, it's going to be yeah. great. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we've got a couple car debates, as we usually do, but these are fun. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I don't think we've ever discussed what you should do with insurance company money. I don't think we've ever talked about this. Spend it. <laughs> it's us. Spend it. Well, spin, true. Spin, 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 spin. I yeah, mean, that I was a it. foregone conclusion, but, you know, exactly yeah, yeah, how we're, do you... We're going to buy cars with it. Yeah, I, I get your point. Your I take your point. You're right. <laughs> so yeah. Tucker up in Billings, Montana, north of us here, has gotten some money, unfortunately, from a totaled car... A, mm-hmm. a Speed 3 that was totaled in a hailstorm. We're sorry to hear that. Yes, you are out in the sticks a bit there and out in the wild. And uh, so we've also got, uh, what else? We've got Ed. Ed doesn't say where he is living. But did you get this? Did you see this? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I, I did. I specifically chose this to as a little bit of a I poke you for you. Uh, yeah, I know you did. Ed's Ed's problem is Ed's looking for a car for him because Ed's a big guy. He's not as tall as we are. He's six three, but he's bigger than we are. And his wife just got her dream car. This is why Paul put this in here. Her dream car <laughs> is the chrome orange Lotus Elise. She has it, and Ed goes, "Wow, fun car, except for the cata- catastrophic problem, but the fact that he can't actually." fit in it very well so he's going okay come on guys let's get a car for big guys so you're right you have poked me there and and honestly you bring up, funny yeah and you bring up the lotus thing and, and i will acknowledge i have to kind of fold myself into a lotus and then i'm happy as can be but i need a couple minutes to get out you know that's one of those cars that you you couldn't take it to the valet with your wife or girlfriend in a short skirt unless you would like to flash the entire valet line. I mean, it's a difficult wow. car to get in and out of if you're even small. <laughs> exactly. Or and, you know, if you get stuck on a train track, that's not a car you're going to be getting out of very quickly. So you're going to just break blast your way through the top because it's on... actually faster. Exactly. Yeah. Well, but you've also brought up the Lotus thing, and and I and I have to tease myself. It a couple times a week. I can't help myself. I've got a disease. I've got a lotus disease. I get online, and I just look for lotuses for sale. I can't stop myself. I, I, I'm not I really can shopping. This, everybody. I can verify yeah, I this. Because I, I send them to you. Yeah. I, found, I found one today. I sent it to you today. I found one today. There's a guy selling a 2011 Evora. I'll say this, and somebody who has money that I don't have will go buy it right now. But a 2011 Evora <laughs> that sat in storage, right. 350 miles on this car total since 2011. And it's in the low 40s. The problem is, well, the great thing, depending on how you look at it, most of the Lotus Elises you want are 40 to 45. Here's an Evora for 45 with 350 miles on it. 
Um, yes, wish I had that money laying around. I would well, have bought that car this morning. I noticed anyway. it's not an S, so it's not no. the exact car. No, no, no. However, it is an Evora, and it's what forty-five grand, and it's got it's brand new. I'm wondering if somebody bought mm -hmm. it for investment purposes and then realized, huh, these aren't going up. Well, but it's they're it's probably going somebody down. with just just cars in general. I mean, here's the thing. Sheesh. I and now that the here's the thing. Now that the 400s coming out, any potential those Evoras had to actually gain money is now going away. I mean, that's oh, the thing. Yeah. And the S, yeah. the S is awesome. The S, I mean, I would take a standard Evora any any time. You have got one you want to unload. If you're a listener who is with an Evora you want to give away, I will be Look your at all charity. These Evora but, uh, just sitting around my garage. I've got to get rid of I these don't cars. Know. I've just got Who extra Evora. I mean, that's an underappreciated car even in the non-S version. But you know what? While doing the Lotus Disease today, I, I I found something nuts. Okay. I'm besides scrolling, you know, I'm scrolling, 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 besides the fact that I'm just looking for lotuses, besides that absurdity, something more nuts. Here's a Hennessy Venom for sale. Because if you get on Auto Trader or somewhere and you want to list your Hennessy Venom, what do you put it under? Well, I guess you put it under Lotus. But it's not. And the, and the list price was $1.2 million. I have a question. Why are mm -hmm. you selling your Venom on Auto Trader? This should be on DuPont Registry or James List or anywhere else. But that is fantastic question number one. But question number two I have is how is your target audience going to find it if you've got it listed under Lotus? I understand why it wound up there. I get it. It's probably got a VIN number that tracks it back to Lotus. But if you're looking – if you're that guy with a million dollars looking for a Hennessy Venom, you're not on Auto Trader looking under Lotus Elise. Well, okay, I, I, you know. You're not. Maybe people searching for twelve hundred horsepower Lotus Elises are shopping in that category, and they're there's there's one. I mean, they found it. Hey, exactly. Woo, yay! Look at me. Yeah, I think that is such a such a wrong place for that car. I was just boggled to see it. I understand why it wound up there, but it's just the wrong place for that car. Pretty funny. I mean, uh, it's technically of, true. Of, you know, you realize yeah, this. Yeah, that's the thing. True. I can see the I can see the breadcrumbs. I'm just saying that's. That's like that's like putting Buick, it's like putting your Pontiac, no. it's like putting your exotic car with a for sale by owner thing in yeah. the parking lot of a rundown Walmart written in dust for sale. P people are people are seeing it, <laughs> but all the people that are seeing it are not looking for the car you're selling. Okay, right, right. I just it's it's just a wrong place. I kept thinking I've stumbled onto this because I would love to have thirty grand to spend on a Lotus Elise. You're showing me a one point two million dollar Venom. I, I'm not your target audience. I, you're you're in the wrong place. I get it. Be cool, but no, sorry, can't happen. Um, <laughs> and then there was that other thing talking about cars in the wrong place, or I guess I, I want to talk about a car that's kind of invisible. I told you a little bit about this early on in our podcast, and I, if you've been with us the whole time as a listener, you may remember this. We talked about a girl named Jenny. Jenny was shopping for a commute car, full on commute car. Just electric would be fine, looking at the Volt. We recommended a Leaf to her because at the time they were giving ridiculously good lease deals. She ended up getting a Leaf, and she loves it. It's perfect for her life and what she needs. She leased but of course, a this Leaf? Is now, leased a Leaf. Yeah. She leased exactly. a Leaf. Exactly. And, and, she's, and she's thoroughly enjoying it. I mean, here's the thing. She, her, all she uses it for is as a commute car, and even with that 100-mile range, she charges about once every two days. So it's perfect for her life. Yeah. So she right. thoroughly enjoys it. But, of course, this has now made her one of the people that is very aware of electric cars. Okay? And she's kind of, as most people do when they get a car like that that they really like, she's become an ambassador for that idea. Okay? So she and I start talking the other day because, of course, we've talked about – because I actually you know, know her and I, we've been talking about – the podcast and all that. So we start talking the other day. She starts telling me about a friend of hers who's shopping and trying to debate between a Prius, 
and a volt. So we start talking about that, okay? And somewhere in the midst of that conversation, she mentions that she thinks this friend should just get a fully electric car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, She's of sold, course, that leads clearly. us to the leaf. Of course, that leads us to the leaf, but she says this friend of hers does not want a leaf, doesn't like a leaf, wants something with greater range, which then leads her to the Tesla Model 3, and she starts talking about the fact that it's too far away for her to take seriously. And then I went, wait a minute, wait, wait, hang on, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about the Bolt, the Chevy Bolt? And she said, excuse me? And I I said, the Chevy Bolt. And then I explained it to her. This, this is my point. She'd never heard of it, Paul. She'd never heard of it. Now, this is, yeah. as, this is as close to target audience as I can think of. She drives an electric. She talks up electric. She wants an affordable electric. Chevrolet, hello. This is all the boxes. What's shocking to me is that the Bolt, which essentially you could order now, not order now, get three years from now. Order now. They're talking about it comes out last quarter 2016, first quarter 2017. You can have it in your driveway. And by and large, people don't know it exists. That shocks me. That, that's the big failure of that car right there. You don't know it exists. I will acknowledge, not sexy like the Model 3. Doesn't have, it's a Chevy. I get it. But she didn't know it existed. She's target audience. Doesn't have any idea. I was thinking about my rebuttal to this argument it's not really an argument, but you know what I mean? I, I was thinking about my, my, uh, my response, and I started down the road of, well, you know, the Bolt hasn't been released into the wild. It's not for sale yet. But then I thought, well, yeah. neither has the Model 3. But exactly. the Model 3 has gotten so much endless hype, and you're mm-hmm. right. You found the problem, and now I'm wondering, does this mean the Bolt will – Go on sale. They're they're actually talking about a couple months from now. We're recording this in August mm-hmm. 2016. They're yeah, talking about yeah, yeah. one to two to three, we'll say a few months from now, to be on sale. So mm-hmm. therefore, if you have a Model 3 on order, and then mm-hmm. you think, I really want to start experiencing the electric goodness, I really want to have this in my life, does that mean yep. everybody's going to go get a Bolt? And then when they're Model 3 and they say, okay, your Model 3 is ready for you know, for delivery or for order, what do you want? Does that mean everybody is going to be selling or getting rid of these bolts now, later on, so therefore the world will be glutted with bolts when the Model 3 comes well, out? Well, but who, who knows? I mean, who, who knows? But I think the bigger, bigger conversation here is I don't think everybody waiting in line for a Model 3 is going to go get a bolt because I think most of them don't know the bolt exists. Although that could that, be to that, Chevy's benefit. They could... Suddenly, hey, everybody, waiting for a Model 3? Maybe. I wonder if they ad campaigns. <gasps> well, that ad, if they're that's, smart. That's, I guess that's where I'm headed. That's oh, where I'm oh, headed. Oh, oh, where, oh. Is, where is Chevy in this discussion? Now, I will acknowledge, look, just even based on what we've seen of the Model 3, which I know you think is a much bigger design success than I do, but I, I do actually think it's much better looking than the Bolt. And the Bolt, which is, look, I will fully acknowledge, it's fine looking. It looks like a direct cross between the BMW i3 and the Honda Fit. It looks like the two of them got together and had a kid. That's what it looks like. I'm sure it'll be very usable. It looks like good usable space, but it's not, it doesn't have the sexy flowing lines of the Model 3. And it doesn't have the cachet of the Tesla brand. No, but no. But you can, go, the, thing, the thing that boggles my mind that, that just kind of grinds my brain gears to a halt here is, <laughs> You could go get one. You could. You could. You could go get one For if you want to drive a two hundred mile. 
you want to drive a 200 mile electric car that you can afford in 2017 this is your answer and yet here i was talking to jenny target audience no idea no, no, no idea at all. <laughs> and yeah, the argument is invalid. Well, just because you haven't heard of the Bolt, well, neither of these electric cars are for sale. I, that's pretty funny. I, I'm, I'm wondering if that could be to Chevy's benefit, but only if they realize this soon. Well, like they're going to have to monopolize three, them. And you know, two, that... one soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like well, now. let's see. The clock is the clock is ticking. Sorry, guys. You know, but but along those lines, you know, talking about monopolizing on it, I feel like the wrong person is monopolizing on this idea. Did you see the the Chevy 330e ad? Did you, I mean, not Chevy, the BMW 330e ad. You, you told me one? about it. You told me. Uh, I yeah. If, if you funny. haven't seen this as a listener, you could find it. it. It's a woman walks out onto a dark garage. I mean, you're not really sure where it's going at first. She walks onto a dark parking garage roof, and the announcer's talking about you could wait for technology. You could wait for the future. And he, he was the big BMW Gravitas, you know. Of course. And while she's walking, you see out just out of focus in the background of the shot, you see Tesla superchargers. Of course, they don't have the brand on them, but it's obviously Tesla superchargers. And he's right, talking about you right. could wait for the future and hope for the future and blah, blah. And then they turn it and go, the future's here. And she gets into her electric BMW 3 Series and drives away. And I raise my hand and call, no, I'm sorry, you're lying. Because mm-hmm. this should be the Bolt commercial. Because the thing about the, the, the BMW is it's essentially a Volt. It's like 20, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like 20 miles on electric and then it isn't anymore. It's 22 miles. I just looked it up as you were talking. 22 miles on battery only. And then it's got a two-liter four-cylinder engine making 247 horsepower. So it's, it's a Volt. BMW does a Volt. And that is not which, pure electric. Which, which Chevrolet did five years ago. Yeah. And then Chevrolet has the Bolt, the actual car that goes with this commercial from BMW, and nobody knows it exists. Hmm. I I think the 330e, as cool as it is because it's a BMW, I personally feel like it's going to be a failure because there's not really an appetite for the hybrids. The Volt notwithstanding, it's done well, as a matter of fact, and the second gen is eye-catching. It's far better Mm -hmm. than a Prius, but, you know, that's uh, anything is far better than a Prius. (laughs) Uh-huh. Right, but if you've seen the new Prius, this is not a victory. That's you can you can stumble you can stumble over the line. You can stumble oh over the gosh. line in last place and be like, better looking than a Prius. I mean, that's that's not an accomplishment. Although I will say, anyway, every time I see the Model Three, all I can hear is Billy Idol's "Eyes Without a Face," like retunerating through my head. You know that song. <laughs> And yes, that is yeah. the word yeah. for a song stuck in your head. And I do that to Todd and I do Chance like and Edgar. Yes, Whenever I we're know. on shoot, I sing a song, and then it gets stuck in their heads, and they hate me for it, which is pretty funny. Edgar's the king of it. Edgar, yeah, for is. inexplicable reasons, <laughs> will bring up the most ridiculous song from the 80s that you cannot understand why he is suddenly singing that song. Totally. Like girl bands. I think he does it just to annoy us. He's fan- Thank you, by the way, Edgar. He's fantastic at it. But yeah, retunerating <laughs> is a great word. That's but, the word. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, I agree with you. I think the, the the dual the dual propulsion system is becoming a harder and harder sell. I think if people want to jump, they want to jump all the way. It's got to be all the way. Well, you know, the Fisker mm-hmm. Karma. Even though Fisker is coming back and has massive funding mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. company, I'm just I'm still skeptical of the hybrid because there's there's too many things in there. It could be well, we're 31 miles or we're 46 miles on a charger. 
Just give yeah, me electric yeah. or give me gasoline. I don't want the members only reversible jacket and the reversible belt <laughs> and the reversible <laughs> shoes and the Very I just good. want electric Very good. or Excellent. gas. Yep. VN be done with it. And therefore, like I said, sure. as cool as this 330E is, it's nice looking. It's I'm sure it's great, but 22 miles. That's to Starbucks and back. That's nothing. That's it's well useless. It's, Give me a it's break. the first gen. It's the first gen Volt, which Chevy did five yeah, years ago. Yeah. Huh. All right. So BMW clearly has catching up to do to <clears throat> Chevy yeah. and Tesla. Well, but but their but their i brand is doing it. I, that's the thing. I don't get the three series one. But but actually, the more important reason we're even talking about this is I don't get why the why the Bolt is invisible. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't get. It's just it's like we've all got blinders on. Well, anyway. the most important reason is so we can beat that subject to death. But mainly, that's that's what we're talking about. So moving on to uh, okay. fair. to uh, that's fair to Mazda. You've uh, seen this RF, and this is a car that you have expressed desire for. I am not oh, sure hugely. that I do. Hugely, I'm not. I'm not seeing the appeal. Uh, honestly, I explain this to me. I. I I it's can't a, get in one fast enough. I think it's great looking. I think it's great. It's lo- got a better looking top with the top on it. up. The end. It does. Whatever. Well, but but uh, with the top closed, it's the Miata Coupe. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm liking about it, and and I and I'm I liking it more than I do the, the the convertible. I just it speaks to me. It does. It just speaks to me. I am, but I am cautiously optimistic about it because a we know that body that chassis just rolls, and b. I'm very concerned I'm not going to fit. I'm genuinely concerned I'm not going to fit in that car. I think I'm going to climb in it and be like, yep, head's touching the ceiling. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Could be. You and your long torso with, you know, dragging your knuckles around everywhere you go. You know Um, it. That's me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But the the news about this car is, as interesting as it is, whether you like it or are still undecided like me, they Mm -hmm. are taking a page from Ferrari's book and now Ford's Mm -hmm. book and actually vetting you out. So apparently the launch edition will only have a 1,000 copies here. And Mm -hmm. they're all going to valued customers. What is a valued customer for Mazda? I mean, they don't have a halo car, so it's not like the Ford GT or you – You've talked about you own five prior Ferraris and send your bank balance so we can vet you out first. What is a Mazda-valued customer? You've got all the Miatas? And now you've get got yeah, this that's is a great a fifth? question. That's well, a great question. How, yeah. How do yeah, you yeah. how are they doing this? And how is a well, company like this that doesn't make a super expensive above a hundred thousand dollar car vet out their customers? I mean, is it just like it's a great question? I, it's a great I'd question. like that car. Okay, well, we'll give you one. All right. How, well, how's this I mean, you know, they did they did the th- the one thousand uh, the launch edition on the current. Uh, convertible body style. The launch edition had specific colors, and you could only get. I mean, the yes. one we originally drove was the launch edition. But, but at anybody least anybody could buy that. that. Exactly. That limited thousand units was about a countdown on the website. So sure. if you were willing to be there, eBay style, and snipe for your slot, you could get one. It wasn't. I have five Miatas in the garage already. I, I just. I. I agree with you. What is. What is the? Are they? Are we? Are we back? Sorry, it just dawned on me. Are we back to vloggers and influencers again? <laughs> are we back? Did we, did, are we maybe, really? Please maybe. no. Please no. I. I don't know. I'm thinking all those versions of the Mustang that Ford did a few years ago. They had the the Bullet Edition mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. Sunoco Edition and the just stop. Yeah. Just you know, they've they've kind of fixed all that with the 350 GT, but yeah. Well, but. Yeah, that's that's the other thing about it is that all of this all this really creates is 
fake market market uh, need. Just like it's happening with the 350 right now, the GT350, which we love, but the thing we've laughed about, Hellcats, Z28s, it's happened to all of them. Mm-hmm. If you want to buy one in the first six months, you got to do these extra hoops, and you've got to pay way over MSRP. And then a year or two later, you could walk in, and they're begging you to take one. So does that so, mean the price of know, this thing is going to skyrocket for no apparent reason? It's got a different top. I think it'll probably Ooh. sell above MSRP initially. And then two years from now, it'll be like, huh, should we have sold this alternate version? I mean, I that's... That that kind of infuriates me, but it's the but I agree with you. How do you vet Mazda owners? That seems like a really weird one. But okay, <laughs> I don't know. If anybody listening has a suggestion about how to vet Mazda owners, as a matter of fact, that's our first car debate. That is Tucker. He has two, so maybe he's yeah, a he candidate. Does. Let's start right there, Tucker. Let's, do you let's, realize let's move this? Move on to Tucker. That's a great point. He's a he's a Mazda guy. Tucker, why don't you call and see if they'll give you an RF? But there, there's there's the answer. <laughs> Well, quickly before we do, I want to mention this uh, this thing about uh, that Uber has announced. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Uber has brought in 15 billion as of June 2016, 15 mm. billion dollars mm. in equity and, and debt, but they are valued oh at 68 billion dollars. And in their haste to put their more than one million drivers out of a job, they have <laughs> now announced they are giving autonomous rides late or early fall so late summer early fall in pittsburgh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i looked that up it's because they have a research facility in pittsburgh i was wondering you know was it orangutans throwing darts at a map and we just decided <laughs> hey look atlanta and pittsburgh we're going with pittsburgh everybody let's no, see they... middle of the atlantic ocean that one's in the arctic sea this one over <laughs> exactly. here is in cuba that's not going to work oh look pittsburgh congratulations orangutan you hit pittsburgh let's start there promote that monkey he gets a new job uh <laughs> but they do have a facility there. It's actually their research facility in Pittsburgh. So that explains yeah. that. But they're partnering with Volvo, who's pro- providing these vehicles for this autonomous car project. The ones giving the free rides will be Fusions, apparently. But as they move forward, this base car will be the XC90, the S90, mm-hmm. and the V90, all from Volvo. Mm-hmm. A bit unexpected there. I-, I didn't see Volvo coming around the corner, but they're killing it lately. And... I guess the point is now to uh, to really combine that with deep learning. So Skynet is upon us, and then they'll yeah. kill mm-hmm. all the humans, and they can just drive around, have fun doing it. Yeah, c- c- come with us if you want to live, because it's gonna get it's gonna get really really messy. I suppose so. That's yeah. why we're here, really. I mean, it's, right? it's a ret- it, they're retrofitting these vehicles. They're talking about here's what I think is funny in their effort, at least in the short term, to put drivers out of work. They're putting two drivers in the seat. They've got one guy that's a technician and one other person's like there to take over mm. if something goes wrong. They've got all this retrofit gear, and if you wind up in one of these uh, these Ubers without a, a real full time driver, first off, let us know how that goes. Secondly, uh, it's supposed to be a free ride because it's all research. But I agree with you that interesting that they're launching this out, and of course Chevy is taking their. Uh, they're actually talking about the Bolt of all things because nobody else knows it exists. They're going to give that as a lift <laughs> lift thing. Hey, I'm bringing it back around. Yeah, the, the Bolt. You've only seen one because you took one with lift thanks to its autonomous driving capabilities. It's just weird. Anyway, yeah, it's and, all upon um, us. If you're lucky, you can ride with a chimpanzee that selected Pittsburgh. So yeah, yeah, you might get get to his meet. autograph because he. <laughs> hey. can throw darts man that monkey can throw darts between two and five drinks he's on it i mean before two or after five no good but right in the sweet spot he can yeah, just he's he can good. outplay he's you really at any good. irish pub yep. he's good to go 
All right. Can we do a card debate before this goes even further off the rails? We have, uh, we have, we're pretty out in the weeds. So, yes, we'll bring it back to what we started with. The first card debate is Tucker in Billings, Montana. Thank you for listening and watching. Yeah. yeah. Tucker is the Mazda person that Mazda is looking Seriously. for to sell the RF. Yeah. You're, pre, you're pre-vetted, Tucker. I'm telling you, just give him a call. <laughs> it's going to be fine. You're pre-chosen. You just didn't know yes. it yet. Oh, man. Well, he is the guy because he's got a 96 Miata, so the NA, that's the first-gen Miata there. He is yeah, using that yeah. for autocross, and he's also got the, this 08 Mazda Speed 3 apparently mm-hmm. recently totaled in a hailstorm. So he bought it back from the insurance company. Or no, he didn't buy it back. He received money and then mm-hmm. turned around. Oh, I guess he did buy it back because he sold it to a friend in the military for three grand. Yeah. But he still has the car. That seems yep. weird. All he, right. essentially, he essentially kept the car. Took the insurance money, kept the car, then sold the car. So it's 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 loophole world here, but it's it's a world to live in. I mean, because right. that's the thing. I mean, the insurance company, when you get hail damage, coming from Texas originally, I'm aware of this. When you get hail damage, the insurance company goes, "Bummer, your car's totaled. Here's what it's worth," and they write you a check. You can take that check and sell the car that you own. You could sell it for scrap. You could get it fixed and keep the extra. You could, uh, I guess, drive it off a cliff and go buy something with the money they gave you. I mean, all of the options are yours. Mm-hmm. So he essentially has kept the car, and um, he essentially is keeping the car. Then he's selling it to a friend who apparently isn't bothered by the hail damage. He didn't sell it for much. He sold it for like twenty five hundred, three grand. And then he's keeping the insurance payment. So now he has ten grand to play with. He will be obviously not have the Speed 3. He will still have the Miata. And then he gets into a whirlwind. Uh, he's stuck in a shower drain of what do I do? Hmm. He's given us these options here. Did you read all these? He's given us four options, in yeah. fact. And by the way, he's going to be moving to Salt Lake City next summer, apparently. Mm-hmm. But he'll be looking for a job at that point after graduation. And here are his options that he gives us to start with. And and that is keep the Speed 3 money to help with his bills and then keep yeah, driving yeah. a Miata. But it's the long-distance thing that concerns him, not necessarily snow. We have solved the small cars with winter tires equation, but for long yeah, distances, he's not super comfortable. Next, he is saying save five grand and buy a new daily driver, but that's got to be fun. And you brought mm-hmm. up the Subaru Brat how dare you, Tucker? I can't. I love that he brought it up. I, I mean, agree with you. only if Isn't it has funny? the pistol grip rear-facing seats, because that's the only way you can have a Subaru Brat. Honestly. And then while while we're on this t- topic, buy that Subaru ba- Brat with the Subaru pistol grip uh, rear seats. And then in a snowstorm in Billings, please put two friends in the back looking at traffic behind them and take them for a drive in a snowstorm. Then send us that video. We'll go viral. It'll be awesome. YouTube gold. We're giving you gold. Well, yeah. maybe you're giving us gold. Yeah, we're, 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 yeah, we're giving you great stuff here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but the great thing about that scenario is that he keeps five grand. In fact, that's the scenario that I followed up. Because, I mean, the other mm. thing is, do I sell the Miata? Do I take the 10 grand I've got? Do I sell the Miata now with 15 grand, try to get myself a car that I'm happy to autocross and also daily drive in the snow and everything? And I... I, I get stuck in that middle one. I like the idea. If you've got ten grand, put five grand away. Take five grand, buy something. I know we aren't big five grand car people. I'll come back to that. But keep the Miata that you know runs. You know how it runs. You can autocross that car, and then take True. five grand and buy. That's where I land, honestly. And that was the choice number three, right? The new daily driver for ten grand. 
Is that what you're looking no, at? No, no, no. No, that's the second one because the, the the third choice was take his whole 10 grand and buy a better daily driver. Oh, and right. And keep the Miata. And keep the Miata. So he's and got, then yeah. finally And then the other one was four. 15 all in and right. buy something. And, you know, if you're really talking about just a daily driver here, Tucker, then I think do the five grand dice roll. That's that's and as much as we don't normally talk that up, I think do the five grand dice roll. And as we've said, or at least as I've said before, the hard part with a five grand thing is it's hard for me to just go, go find this car at five grand. I'm going to give you an idea of one that I think might work. But with five grand or less to spend, it's really about trolling Craigslist and Auto Trader and finding, oh, I didn't know that car was available. Oh, look at those for five grand. And then really having a conversation with yourself and forums about what is that going to need. Hmm. But you may surprise yourself with what you can find at that money. The one that I will say that is my favorite for you, Tucker, in this scenario, and I'm going to say five grand in the bike in, in the bank, five grand to buy a daily driver, and then keep your Miata because that way you've got your fun car that you know. I'm going to stay with that idea, but I'm also going to say to you, Saab 92X. Oh, because five to six grand may get you an arrow, the actual turbo version, maybe. I mean, that's about what I sold mine for, let's be honest. But you may not be able to get an arrow. But I guarantee you, you can get a non-turbo version all day long for five grand. Hmm. Not a fast car, but decent dynamically. And usable. It's an all-wheel drive hatch. Not bad, not bad. I think, uh, I, I see what you're saying. The logic is there. The logic is solid. 49% of me agrees with you. <laughs> but because it's Welcome me. Welcome to the other 51. Yeah, I hear you. Keep going. And I want to spend so, your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- Tucker's now spending 50 grand. Brace yourself, Tucker. <laughs> yeah, right. No, you're buying an RF. Just kidding. All right. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I went for the get rid of everything and get yourself a new car for 15 grand because I found your car. Okay, okay. I vetted Tucker myself. He is a Mazda guy, thoroughly, through and through. He is. He is a Mazda guy. That's true. So therefore, my fingers went searching through the internet, and I found you a 2006 Mazda RX-8 Grand Touring, only 14,500 miles for 16 grand in Madison, Wisconsin. You better call Hmm. right now because this thing is perfect. It's brand new. Black on black. It's Manual transmission, it's beautiful. It keeps you in the Mazda family. It gets you a car that is usable for freeway. It's got some genuine space back there. Throw a bag, take your girlfriend. You can autocross the daylights out of it. And the best part Mm -hmm. is, with such low miles, yes, it hasn't been driven, but it's been properly maintained, and it's not going to— hope so. There's less of the maintenance worry. I, I suppose. Mm. I'm speaking theoretically, of course, but it's got low miles. This guy has yeah, taken yeah, care yeah. of it. You've got to find this car. I bet you could find others in this price range because I've got oh, a list of could. others. I worked my way through, you know, your suggestion, Tucker, the Honda S2000, a BMW 128i, a Civic Si. Mm, that'd be cool with the sport pack. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. The Genesis Coupe, the 2.0 Turbo, a BRZ like yours, a 370Z. Yeah, possibly. And I... I even came up with an Infiniti G37 with only 65,000 miles for 16 grand. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then I landed on this RX-8 and I thought, well, you're already a Mazda guy. You're already there. And well, 
Oh my gosh, this thing is this. 15 grand in your pocket. You actually can get your choice of RX-8s. If you want to chase that rabbit trail, Tucker, you can find RX-8s for that money all day long. That's and my I car. I get what you're saying. It's all of the, the, the long drive and winter driving scenario is possible in that car more so than the Miata, but yet it still has the, I mean, let's be honest, they share a chassis. It's still got the agility True. of that NC Miata because it right. shares that same chassis. Right. I see how you got there. That is that is a good one. That is a good one. That's, that's I, I'm where just I landed. Sensing, 51% I'm, of I, me. I think it's a great place to be. I, it's since, I'm sensing Tucker's end of college, I'm about to move reality, and I'm trying to not spend all his money. You spent all his money, which was, I, honestly, that's what we count on from you, let's be honest. Uh, but <laughs> I uh, don't want to disappoint. Exactly. Glad you could be here for us. But that is a good scenario. I like I like both of those. But Tucker, hopefully something there is helpful. And I and I look, I cautiously recommend the five thousand dollar car. You've heard me say it before. Yes, you can find something. There are many of you right now that that are desperately wishing this was a call in show so you could call us with your <laughs> here's right. my five thousand dollar car and why right. it's awesome. I know it exists. I am saying it's a dice roll. Yeah. And I am saying yeah. expect to spend other money on it. But go shopping and just see what surprises you in your world for five grand. Because I think you can find something. And then keep that Miata and enjoy it. All right, Tucker. Lots of choices to make. So please let us know what you decide on. In the meantime, we will switch to Ed, who has uh, 70 pounds on me. We're the same height, and he's got mm -hmm. 70 pounds on me. All right. I can yep. see why you have trouble getting inside your Lotus Elise, your wife's Lotus Elise. That's, mm -hmm. um, that's a problem. So here, here goes. His wife used to have a Honda Del Sol, the car that had the retractable back window up and down. It was the Mazda RF before the Mazda Miata <laughs> RF. I mean, it's pretty much the genesis oh of that gosh. car. Yeah. It came back to haunt it's, me. You're right. Honestly, seriously. That's it's funny. It's that car. But keep going. That's funny. All right. So this is her dream car. They got her the 05 Lotus Elise in chrome orange, specifically noted, duly noted here. Mm-hmm. But Ed and is a I large and guy. I will acknowledge that I'm jealous. I will totally acknowledge that I'm jealous. Congratulations I, on that car, but not a large car. Yeah, I knew that's you would a hard be. car to get into if you're five five. So <laughs> when you're our size and bigger, it's just getting harder and harder. And 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 I've joked about this before. You can always tell somebody that's gotten in a Lotus before, a Lotus Elise before, because you either do it right and you learn. Or you watch somebody that gets in it wrong, and you're like, yeah, it's not, they're going to have to get back out of the car and start again. I mean, that's what happens. You can't kind of halfway <laughs> through decide to get it right. you got to get out and start over. So, there's, yeah, you got to yeah. lead with one foot. It's, there's a procedure. I'm telling you. If you do it, you can always tell when somebody's done it before. Yeah, what you do is when you buy the class, you, when you buy the car, you have to take a class on origami folding, and then you'll <laughs> understand how to get yourself into the car it's part of the manual. It says Elise entry and exit. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's, it's great. Yeah. I mean, there is no way even small people can do the Dukes of Hazard thing into the car. You'll hurt yourself badly. All right. So <laughs> something will end up broken. Yeah. Uh huh. So, but the big, but the big question here from Ed is he's going okay. So you're a big guy, and you want an agile, agile, genuinely fun, fun sports car. What do you do? What are my options? Which is a great question. And I've thought of uh, I've thought of a few. The problem with Ed's write-in, Ed. Thank you for writing in. But the the problem here is that I don't see a price on here. Yes, so I, I feel kind of like it's the Wild West. Yes, it, it um, is, and we're so, going to have to cover a range here, I think, because there was no. Yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing no as price. a result, I kind of guessed a lease money again. I'm going. I'm hanging out thirty to forty grand, just so you know, Ed. I'm using that as a budget because I'm assuming. You got into an Elise. You're looking for something similar. So I went into a similar budget range on, a, you know, on either side. That's I will acknowledge I'm kind of drifting in the weeds there, but that's where I'm headed. 
So going down the road of sports, which is not exactly our mm -hmm. forte, even though Thomas Helmanzik in Europe is the basketball guy. If you have a question about basketball, he is the guy to answer it. Yes, so he is. Uh, from an NBA standpoint, I started thinking about players and the cars that they drive. Even though you're the same mm -hmm. height mm -hmm. as we are, Ed, you're wider. So maybe I should have been thinking football, but the stats on that were not as widely available <laughs> on the, the players who drive their cars. Now, okay. on one hand, you know, Kobe has a helicopter, and so you can't really, you know, it's not really a fun car. We'd love to have a helicopter, too, but we're like $100 short of a Sikorsky S76. So if you want to donate yeah, just, to Patreon. You know, if I, if I can rebudget, then I'll definitely get myself my Sikorsky. And then after that, I'll get myself my G5 because, you know, that's – I'm just <laughs> shy of that reality. Just a, that's so the world I live in. I could almost afford the Hot Wheels versions of those. That's the real world I'm in. Keep going. <laughs> so I came across James Harden. He's got a Camaro. I thought, all right, mm -hmm. all right. I thought of the Challenger. Challenger is a good, a lot of fun. It's a little bit heavier, of course, but I know yeah, you'll be able to yeah. fit in that, which led me to the Corvette, C6 or C7 Corvette, and that means mm -hmm. you could then go Z06 or Grand Sport. You might have to bump it up into the 45-ish price range to find something nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't be afraid of either of those cars. Personally, I would go for the C7 if you could swing it. What a car and what a fun car. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. Todd and I fit from a height perspective. I'm trying to remember the width of that it's, car. It's More. big. Here's the thing. You've got two different seat variations. You've got the standard seats and the competition seats in the C7. And I'm going to get this wrong, but get in them both because one of them is going to be too tight for you. Mm -hmm. um, they, and, and, they, and I will acknowledge, both of them are fairly tight seats. They're not Lotus Elise tight, but both of them are fairly tight seats. But one of the, one of the two, I think it's the competition ones, you're not going to like at all. The standard sports seats, I think, are probably going to be okay for you. But it also depends. Look, it depends on how you carry your weight. I know we're getting into weird body type stuff, but there is that as well. I love that you brought up the C7 because for some reason I didn't think of it, and that is a fantastic choice if you could pull it off, Ed. It's kind of where I'm at. Although I will say my wild card is that Dirk Nowitzki drives a John Cooper Works Mini Cooper S. Yes. <laughs> I did my research. He is a seven-foot-tall power forward for the Dallas Mavericks, who, by the way, just re-signed for two years for $50 million. So if he could did afford he... something custom-built, he Well, he could probably unbolted his seat rails, took out the back seat, and rebolted them back there. I mean, that's the old trick <laughs> he took the for seats basketball out, players. And he's driving from the trailer hitch. No, um, you've, exactly. you've hit exactly, on something yeah. that you could do if you do find a car that you like. Maybe it's not the Corvette. Maybe it's something a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. You could have it modified, and you could possibly have the seat dropped or the seat rails modified in such a way to you know, drop from a height perspective. But then the width perspective is going to be, you know, also an issue. You might be fine. You might be just fine. So well, that's, yeah, I mean, there's, that's another You bring up an excellent point, and that is there are lots of custom seat things you could do to make a car fit. I'm reminded of a guy. I forget where this was. I believe it was Texas. But I remember talking to a guy that ran a shop years ago, and one of the cars they specialized in was, I mean, a lot of big old American muscle, but one of the cars they specialized in was the Viper. They had a lot of Viper customers that were bringing their cars oh, in for various sure. things. And they had one guy bring a Viper in, and he was flat out enormous. He was just fat. There's no way around it. He was just a fat guy. He wasn't really a very tall guy. He was just a fat guy with money that bought a Viper. And one of the custom things they did for him was take out the seats, take the, the covering off the seats, shave the bolsters flat, and put the seats back in. 
the actual foam you're talking? Like shaved yeah, foam they down? they took out the bolster foam. They just shaved it flat. So it was this bench seat now instead of a bolstered seat and put the put the seats back in. Huh. So we could, I mean, and I shook my head at it, but if that's the reality you're living in, I get it. I totally get it. So I had a couple others I wanted to mention because I don't know where we are on price. I love this C7, by the way, Ed. That's a fantastic idea. Go get in that car. See if you fit. I do want to say the current, the new Camaro SS, Mm. Lots of agility yeah. in that car. Even though we haven't driven it, I will acknowledge that I know it's agile because it's the same platform and a lot of the same running gear as the ATS, which we are in love with agility-wise. Okay, So the Camaro SS, there is good room inside that car. It still feels like a sports car. It's not like you bought something like a Challenger, which is much more big muscle car. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that you like the Elise. So I'm trying to go, okay, let's think agility here. C7 works. Camaro SS works. Uh, I realize it's a Pepsi or Coke discussion. If you don't like Camaro, go look at the Mustang. But my first thought is definitely the Camaro SS. Um, I also thought of two others. One, the current STI. I don't know if we want to stick rear-wheel drive or not, but the current STI has got a lot more space than you think. It does. And that is a does. genuinely fast, fun car. Yeah. I mean, the, the way the seats fit, uh, plenty of room in the pedal box. That is a surprisingly roomy car and a genuine fun car. And then, of course, you could always shop M3. The E92 is a spacious car. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely fit in that. And again, from a height perspective, you know, I'm thinking really tall guys, but again, Ed is the same height as we are, so yeah, that should be just fine. Uh. We're talking about elbow room. That's what we're really talking about. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the thing. I, I didn't actually bring it up too much, in, but that was one of the things that made me laugh the most when we drove that Datsun Roadster. That's the first time in a long time. You know, we kept comparing it to the Miata, the current Miata, or any of the Miatas. We'd just gotten out of the, all of the Miatas a few weeks prior to, shoot, to that shoot. Well, maybe a couple months prior, but we'd gotten out recently. One of the things that's so funny about that Datsun Roadster is that when you closed the door, if, if you're listening, listening right now and you picture this, put your elbow at your left elbow at your left side. That was where the armrest was. There was no like, <laughs> oh, I've reached out three inches for the, and the Miatas felt so spacious by comparison. Yeah, an you close the door of that Datsun Roadster, seriously, <laughs> and it was a Miata. You close that Datsun Roadster, and it was the door pressing your arm into your side. Uh, it was that. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about elbow room for Ed. So hopefully we've helped you there somewhere. Uh, yeah, that's two very different car debates. And we have a ton of great Facebook questions. Yeah, we do. Thank you guys for writing in. I always ask and post them up. And you are always surprising me with your creativity. And they continue. I'm refreshing yeah. the page here. They continue to pour in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have selected a few here. And Dan Corwin calls us out for, why do we call our cars girls? Like, you know, why female names? And I, mm -hmm. I started digging around and thinking about that. Uh, I have a question back to you, Dan. Do the girls name their cars after guys? I don't mm. necessarily think so, to be honest. But I think it stemmed from a wartime thing when the guys were, you know, thinking of their gals back home and painting, you know, on their warbirds, on their airplanes. They were painting oh, the airplanes them and everything. That's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I I, I kind of think it dates from that and just a tribute and memory and can't wait to get back home and see you. And um, yeah. you know, other people would suggest that it's you know, cars are expensive, planes are expensive. They exhibit certain personality traits, and you have to dump money into them. So we could go a long way down that road, but I don't well, want to get too we, chauvinistic. We as humans, we as humans anthropomorphize the things that we love. 
Certainly. And if yes. they if they don't have gender like a car, then we give it the gender that we love, that we are attracted to. Yeah. Yeah. You just it works out that way. I, I think that's that's kind of the common base reality. But it is an interesting conundrum. I'm sure there's some psychologist out there that could do an entire thesis on it. That person would not be me. Uh, <laughs> but I have no doubt that it exists. Um Dale Chang asked a great question. Dale, I, a while back we talked about this a little bit. You asked, would we ever consider doing 24 hours of lemons? Uh, would we like to do that in the future? Would we do a podcast from the pit? Would we do a video? What would we do? We actually were invited a couple years ago. We were invited to be on a 24-hour team, and we were very, very excited. And then due to scheduling, we couldn't go. Mm-hmm. And they had, a, they had a Porsche 944. So an old friend of mine from high school had a Porsche 944, and he called me up and said, we want you guys to be two of our four drivers. We knew we couldn't go. They got other drivers. They got an hour into 24 hours and blew their engine. So we were glad we hadn't spent the money. That was the other thing that was good. But, all, but that hasn't gone away. I mean, as much as we like driving on tracks, as much as we are intrigued in doing you know, larger racing in general, I would love to do a 24 Hours of Lemons. I will say this, and I don't know your thoughts on this, Paul, but I, I will say this. The big problem for us is we could never start a team. We don't have the time. Yeah. We just The show yeah. takes up so much time. I would fully believe that we could drop in and drive, but we could never set it up. So if somebody, and I guess this is the gauntlet, if somebody wanted to set up a team and said, hey, do you guys want to be part of it? We would love that, but we just don't have the ability to go out and spend the time it would take to set that car up and get that rolling because that would hurt the show. That's the reality of it. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things we would love to. I mean, we've even bounced around other ideas for other 24-hour races that are even more serious than the Lemons race. But, uh, yeah, we've got to start somewhere, and you know, maybe that maybe something will come back around. You know, I've got, I've got hopes. But, yeah, but in every case, I mean, you're speaking we, the other stuff we talked about. In every case, we're talking about the two of us finding two open seats because we can't we can't start it, right. but we would love to drop in and drive, and that's right. a, even a harder request. Yeah. But it's absolutely something we like to do. And of course, us being us, we'd cover it like crazy. We'd cover it with video. We'd talk about it on the podcast because, of course, we'd make content out of it. But it's a it's a it's a big ask to go. Hey, do you have two seats? And so that doesn't always work out. Yeah, exactly. All right, Tyler asked a question. Tyler O'Donnell mentioned, uh, well, he uh, he said that I mentioned about my friend that does the interior design for Volvo, and it's mm-hmm. actually my friend Tisha. She is the chief designer for interiors at their California studio. Her name is Tisha yeah. Johnson. Like I said, she's a great friend of mine. We go way back uh, all the way to college, as a matter of fact, and she is really rocking it for their interiors. I mean, I think Volvo is killing it currently in, in both exterior they are They're really and good, interior. Yeah. They're just doing great things. So, yes, that really kind of ties into guests, and we are still mm-hmm. working on that. It's still bubbling hot. We're still wanting to have more guests on the show. We've just kind of gotten slammed with shooting and all kinds of stuff. But, uh, yeah, we'd love to have designers uh, on the show like her. We'd love to have any of your other suggestions. So, Tyler, I use your question more to say, who else would you guys like to have on the show as guests, even for you know a short time or to help debate cars, um, mm-hmm. you know we've had a few so far, but we're still looking into that. And so far, it's just kind of been scheduling madness. Well, and, but we can do it. And keep in mind two things to keep in mind on guests. I totally agree with you. We're, we're we're headed down that road. We already have some people on the hook to be guests. Some of you are listening and know who you are. 
but keep in mind all the suggestions you've already made as listeners, we've taken notes of those. Some of those are already pursued. We really have pushed off any kind of new business until we get through our two adventures. Now, that's Chicago on Monday Jeez. and then the pilgrimage <laughs> yeah. trip happening mid-September. Uh, we are probably going to be guests on another podcast in the interim between the two. But then after we, essentially beginning of October, after we're done going to Europe, which, by the way, still has spaces open. And I heard about two more guys today that are seriously circling the trip, which is awesome. We That's hope fantastic. to fill that trip. But we are going either way, which is very exciting. Uh, but once we get done with that uh, Europe trip this year, then we're going to be able to actually focus on guests more because we'd, I'd love to do one about every six weeks or so. I'd love to get somebody on. And we've got four or five deep that are people that are interested that will be right, but we are fully uh, accepting of new ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent, excellent points. All right, what else is on your list? Who else uh, had a question uh, I had uh, Andreas wrote in. He has a BRZ, and he <laughs> recently hit a nail, can't get his tire patched. And so he was hoping to buy all four corners Pilot Supersports sometime 10,000 miles or so ago. Can't swing buying all four tires now and doesn't really want to say, well, darn it, I have to get one tire. Why don't I just get all four? So he's asking us the question, can I just get two? And my short answer to you is, sure. I mean, I would just say go get yourself a pair of Pilot Supersports, put them on either the front or the rear, and then follow up. Your, your separate question is, should you buy one OEM tire? No, don't go back to those tires. Walk away from those tires. Don't, don't <laughs> rebuy the OEM. These don't have grip tires. No way. So, yeah. But I would say buy yourself two Pilot Super Sports. Put them on either the front or the rear. And then in 10,000 miles or so, if you're really talking about shopping that soon, 10,000 miles or so, buy another pair. That's not going to be a problem. I know that's not what people recommend, but... I've done it many times. It's not going to be an issue. If you want the Pilot Super Sports, you'll love them. And you also say you're an autocrosser. I would submit to you, buy the two Pilot Super Sports, put them on the front, and go autocross. I would raise a finger in caveat and just say... Of course you will. You know, I, I never really like to hear that you're mixing and matching. If it's too okay... It's not I ideal. Yes, I'll let it slide this time. But if you're buying tires... You should buy all four. Now, in this case, if it's just one, yeah, that's a real bummer. It kind of grinds your chestnuts to know that I either have mm -hmm. to replace that one or I have to go really expensive and get the tires that I want. I hear you. Yeah, it's tough. Two, I'll let it slide. But in general, I, yeah, rule of thumb is get all four. But I, I see your Agreed. point. I see your point. I'm 51 it's on your just side. 49 yeah, I mean, on my side. Financials, financials make that tough. I've been here, Andreas, they do. where it was they like, do. I can't afford all four tires right now. I could get two. I would never buy a tire. Certainly wouldn't buy a tire of a brand you already don't like. Don't do that. But tires that I like, get them in a pair, fine. Because you know you're going to get the other pair soon. I wouldn't buy two tires and then proceed to forget about the other two for a couple of years. I would just, you know, let's at least try to follow up with the other two fairly soon. But I don't think there's any problem with just buy two. <laughs> like the week after? No. No, I hear well, you. but it's not reality. Yeah. Not reality. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, uh, uh, what else? Anything else strike you? I've got one other one. Uh, I know you had another one, too. But I wanted to talk to Tyler's question. Uh, Tyler wrote in and said, why are CVTs hated so much within the enthusiast world? Um, I would say to you because it takes – automatics have gone two directions at once. The traditional automatic has essentially died or is dying. Uh, as much as we bemoan the death of manuals, the traditional automatic is dying too because it's either going dual clutch, 
the PDKs, the DSGs, the DCTs, it's going mm-hmm. that way, mm-hmm. or it's going CVT. And if you don't know what a CVT is, I will try to explain it. It's a visual thing, so, so travel with me briefly. Think of it like the two conical sets of gears you see on a road bike, where you've got multiple gears in a cone up front and multiple gears on the back hub in the rear. It's kind of like that, except the cones are solid. And so there isn't a chain hopping gears. It's it's literally like a band or a chain that it can move to any one of those ratios between the two. The problem is it has no ratios. So if you're in, pick a Nissan, frankly, I hate to say it. Pick a Toyota Corolla. It does it too. You get on the on-ramp and you put your foot to the floor and the car will jump to 3,500 or so RPMs and just hang out there droning at you while you continue to accelerate because there's no gears to change. It's just constantly changing the ratio. Theoretically, you're getting better gas mileage by a few miles per gallon, and you're losing any ability to interact with the car, and you're gaining drone. And in the ones I've driven, they hunt. They hunt Mm -hmm. all the time for the ratio to be in. I'm completely with you. And Tyler, I will add to that and say from a driving enthusiast standpoint, it feels dishonest. It doesn't feel like you're getting the most out of that Mm. vehicle. It, it's mm-hmm. not designed to. It's a business decision on the part of the car manufacturer for fuel economy for most people droning their way to work and sitting in traffic. And for that, mm-hmm. it's fine. But yeah, for you yeah, yeah. and I and Todd and the enthusiast drivers listening, it is dishonest. It is not a good way to get mm-hmm. that power out of the engine. And like you said, it's hunting around. It's hanging mm-hmm. out. It's It could slip. It could fail. It's kind of their technology. They they work, they work, but they just they, don't they work feel fine. well. They just don't. They don't feel like you're getting the maximum performance out of this car. You've 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 wrapped the car and wrapped the drivetrain in in bandages and isolated it from its potential. You're you're dishonest. It's, it's going. It's going running in house shoes. You can do it. But it's not – that doesn't feel good. It's not engaging. You don't feel like you're at your best. You're running in house shoes. Yeah. I mean, when I had that Corolla loaner, when I had my FRS in the shop a while back, I had that Corolla loaner. I go up over a big pass when I have to commute, a pass between Park City and Salt Lake. And on the hillside of it, the transmission never stopped hunting. Yeah. It was constantly – it was just – it sounded like a rubber band. The engine was not good to listen to anyway, and there was nothing I could do. There was not – that's the other thing about it. With a CVT, with the exception of Subaru, and I'll come back to that, with a CVT, there's nothing you as a driver can do to stop it either. It's just going to hunt. It's just going to do its best. You can put more gas into it, less gas into it, but what the transmission does is entirely up to it. There's no way to go, no, I need you to do this now. Now, Subaru, to their credit, has tried really hard to fix this. They have CVTs in their car that, honestly, for a CVT, is great because you can pull a paddle, and they have programmed set ratios that act like gears. So at least in that situation, you can go, no, 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 I need you in a lower, air quotes here, gear, and I'm going to force you down to be in a set ratio to give me the power that I need. That at least helps. But you're still kind of band-aiding an idea that is not for engagement. Tyler, we're not golfers, but I did see a guy one time tee a ball (laughs) on the end of a pencil. He stuck it into the green and teed up the ball and balanced the ball on one of the dimples. And he proceeded to hit a 200-yard drive with a putter. Now, you can, but there's other clubs designed for the purpose. I mean, he, Mm. he was able to. It ruined the putter, and it just... That's not how you play golf. That's how you screw around when you're 
you know, having some beers on the course. I, I am shocked at how adeptly you could do golf analogies for somebody that doesn't play golf. Keep going. Well, I used to. I was on the golf team in junior high, but that's when I had my growth yeah. spurt and I grew right out of my clubs and buried the putter head in the green because I hated golf. Anyway, sorry for those <laughs> golfers out there. I know I shouldn't have done that, and I fixed it with my cleat things. I fixed it. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Paul, Paul's golf stories next time on Everyday Driver. Stories of golf. Ah, fond memories. Cart golf, like polo. Just whack it and mm-hmm. keep driving. And then inevitably it turns into a race, and then you forget about golf at do you all. Remember, do you remember speed golf that existed for like five minutes? It was like this thing that you did every, you did every hole at a run, and you had like one club, and it was just this constant run through all 18 holes, oh, kind, kind of hitting yeah, the ball. Kinda. It's almost like you, you kind of make like human polo out of it. Is almost it's kind of like way to best ball. It. You know, everybody plays. Whoever hits the best yeah. ball. You, that that was the closest in, intriguing golf I'd ever heard of, but yeah, that lasted five <laughs> minutes. Anyway, mostly we just want to drive the golf cart and see if we can tip it over. That, that's the, the that's idiots that we are. That's really which, the point. Which brings us to a, a comment I think you were wanting to talk about, and that is hooning. What the heck is hooning? Yes, our friend Jeff Weiler asks us, what is hooning? Is that really a word? And being careful here and not wanting to confuse information with knowledge, we look this up on the internet, as you can too, and this comes from Australia and New Zealand, but I would like our listeners in both of those countries to to correct us. Is it Australian or is it New Zealand? Which term Mm. is it? Or is it just, it just kind of came out of that area and it's, it's used this way. So the word hoon is attributed to our friends in Australia and New Zealand and uh, the internet tells us that this is referring to anyone who engages in loutish antisocial behaviors. What yeah. a great Especially word. behind the wheel of a vehicle. I mean, that, that is, that's why it has gone – that's why it's gone worldwide because it is essentially doing things that are antisocial or unacceptable behind the wheel of a vehicle. That is the Australian word hoon. So from there you get hoonage and, of course, Ken Block has gone hoon again. And then we have our friend Jeff Glucker who went with hooniverse. But it's all connected to that same root word that comes from down under, which is awesome. Yes. Maybe we should tweet at them and ask our friends at hooniverse, what were they thinking, Jeff? You know, what, uh, what do you think about hooning and, you know, does that apply to everything they do over there? I'm just curious. And as a general rule, we are, we are all for it. If I have a platform I'm supposed to run on, I am pro-hoon. I just want to say that, yes. If I have a rental car, I am pro-hoon. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Bring it on. That, uh, that's hooning. That's hooning almost getting to sheer destruction there. But, yes, I take your point. Well, you know, golf carts, rental cars, aren't they all in the same category? <laughs> Really? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, for watching. Be sure to find our videos. And uh, as you're listening, rate and review this one because we are growing. We're experiencing massive growth. Thanks to you guys for doing that. So please don't forget that. Holy moly, we're in Chicago soon. That's going mm-hmm. to be wild. It is the Wild West. Yeah, listen for that, for that adventure podcast. And we will be uh, doing more of those track days. Uh, we're going to see how this first one goes. That's the thing about these these first two, both this track day in Chicago and the, the trip to Germany and Belgium. Uh, those are kind of – that shows you the breadth of the kind of adventures we want to do going forward. These are learning curves for us as well. Both are happening. We're going to do both. We're going to kind of assess what worked, what didn't, so we can make not only more of them but make them go better. So those of you that are joining us on either one, we're very excited to kind of take this journey with you and to just hang out with you guys. It's going to be cool. We're looking forward to learning from all of you what's working, 
so we can do lots more of this. Let's hoon together. There, I'm, I'm trying to tie it up. Let's go hoon as a group. You did great. <laughs> Aye, aye, aye. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Till next time, and see you in Chi-Town. Chi-Town.